walking is when your best ideas come to life. The Wisdom Walks podcast and community is an inspired network of over 35,000 dedicated to exploring creative solutions to life's biggest challenges and opportunities. Enjoy listening to our podcast interviews coupled with wisdom from experts and leaders from all walks of life. In-person Wisdom Walks will be scheduled throughout the year. Receive actionable tips to become the leader you were meant to be. Enjoy ideas to be healthier, happier, and more successful. Learn from supportive guests that share wise and highly personal stories of transformation. We'll provide you with prompts and suggested songs to couple with your walks. I'm your host, Lee Mitchell, a community builder and brand strategist. Follow and listen to the Wisdom Walks podcast on your favorite social media platforms with hashtag Wisdom Walks Podcast. When you hear the Wisdom to Walk music, it's now time to speed up. bit about myself. I'm a um, business strategist and, um, you know, I mean, that is a coach and a consultant, but I specifically work with female entrepreneurs and um, I help them scale their business with ease. And a lot of my clients are in more creative industries. So, um, you know, that's, that's really important for me to help them put in structures and systems and processes because sometimes the more creative thinkers are a little bit more abstract and free-flowing so they need a little bit more of this systems and structure i mean we all need that but um they're the clients that are really benefiting a lot from some of my tools and um coaching and consulting methods well, simplicity and uh, ease in business is really important. And especially when you're an abstract thinker, sometimes we can overcomplicate things. So uh, someone like yourself is really important in the business world. I know myself, uh, I definitely think I'm a bit of a, uh, from the movie, The Matrix, like, <laughs> I feel like that's how my brain waves are, uh, you know, those beams of light, and you're trying to get through it. It's, uh, you know, you, you've got all these great ideas and all the shiny lights. And sometimes it's hard to, to know which one to focus on. Uh, so, so tell me, what do you think is the number one challenge that business owners have in terms of their mindset and, and how to be productive in business? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, as entrepreneurs in particular, um, you know, I think I think there's a sort of a, a type of person perhaps that becomes an entrepreneur. They are typically more the creative and more um, free thinkers. Uh, I call them the risk takers, the rule breakers. You know, they're the people that sort of think outside of the box. And I'm certainly like that as well. But I think... Um, I think what that can lead to without the right um, structure in place that we all resist a little bit. No one wants to follow the rules and be told what to do. But when we work in that very unstructured environment, that actually is what can lead to the overwhelm. So in terms of productivity, when we've got too many choices or too many things that are available to us, sometimes it can be difficult just to take that one thing, knuckle down, actually complete it and and you know then move on to the next thing so that's one of the things that I think can really hold back entrepreneurs from um, reaching their full potential and actually delivering on those big projects it's, it is sort of that jumping from one thing to the next and not completing tasks um, is a really big is a really big challenge I think for all of us as entrepreneurs 
Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, I know that you've been really busy in the last couple of weeks um, working on uh, creating programs on teaching how to launch uh, products online and that sort of thing. And I bet that a lot of people get in the process of wanting to launch a product online and then realizing how hard it is and not completing that and you know abandoning it because they you know they try it for like a month and they don't get enough sales so they think oh this isn't valuable enough people won't like this what can I you know why should I continue doing this maybe I have to start something different yeah well listen the online worldly is such a huge part of what we're doing these these days so um businesses that perhaps um I won't say they didn't need the online a lot online piece before, but there wasn't such a burning platform for it before. People could really get away with sort of the one-on-one, like in-person, um, you know, a lot of networking to sell their products or services. And I'm talking about um, information services and sometimes physical products and services as well, right? Um, there was a tendency to really rely on that in-person kind of connection and building that up. Well, we don't have that anymore. So our online world, as you know, has become um, such a, a big important part of what we're doing. And I've been in this space for, um, well, about 20 years in my corporate consulting. I worked with a lot of technology projects. And now probably the last three to four years, I've been very immersed in the whole online launch processes and procedures and it's really interesting that we started talking about this from the perspective of not finishing things is like a real challenge and this is a place where I feel a, a lot of business owners struggling so the two things not finishing and the complexity of what we've we've got uh, happening here in an online launch and um, so I'm just going to talk about a couple of the lessons learned that I've had um, as I've launched or I've launched for other clients um, using online platforms. So the first thing I would say is if you're going to do an online launch, you almost need to launch at the level of capability you're at. And I'll tell a little bit more about that. Because what we see online is we see some of the big gurus doing, you know, these very high tech videos and, you know, 17 emails in their sales sequence and, you know, super fancy landing pages. And in order to get those kind of, I'm going to call them like really high quality launches, they've got a machine behind that. They have like a team of super tech people, of copywriters, of videographers, you know, and we know that that costs a lot of money to do that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't invest in your program, but um, it's okay to keep that simple. So that that's mm -hmm. the first thing I would say, launch at the level you are at. So if you, um, and, and get help obviously, but, but if you've never done a launch before, then I would scale it right back. I, I feel like you need to come back to step one. And step one in any launch is building that list. And building that list comes by having a really good free offer or lead magnet. Um, and it requires you having an email list, some kind of email list, and some way to actually capture people's email address. 
and without talking about too much about the jargon because we can go there very quickly but you know really it's a landing page an opt-in page and an email list that's it you know getting your free offer that landing page opt-in list super important if you can do that everything else will fall in place. So I, I mean, that's what I mean about doing things that are at your level. You don't have to go to, you know, a Tony Robbins style launch on day one. If you don't even have a list, you know, just really focusing on that very first step is critical to your success. And I think, and we can talk more about the launch, but that's the number one lesson of, you know, do that one little thing. That's the first step in the in the rung on the ladder, not the seventh step on the ladder. Mm, I like that. And also I like what you're saying too, is like, you know, keep it simple and build on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I can remember back when I first started women in biz network, I, you know, I had to try out different softwares, try out different systems and it was exhausting and frustrating but eventually you get to the point where you're, you're able to fine tune things and things are at the place where, where you feel like it's as professional as you want it to be. And sometimes I have to challenge myself, don't start messing with things unless it's broken, right? Because I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I love creating new experiences and I love, um, you know, uh, capturing the delight of my customers. Yeah. But once you, you know, as soon as you um, start something new in terms of like software or, you know, a new style of lead magnet, um, you're opening yourself up to things going wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I think you touch on a few things there. I mean, in, in terms of the technology, which I'll speak about in, in a moment, um, you know, again, the, the, the most simple piece is... Um, it's not the technology that actually helps you deliver a great product. A great product is a great product, regardless of how you deliver it. So I think it's a very good um, observation because sometimes we get so caught up in the technology or it has to look this way or it has to look that way. At the, at the end of the day, and that's, that's something that we've talked about a lot in our in our current launch that we've done, which was all about that first step and nailing that first step. And that first step was really about making sure before you go off and do anything and invest time in a big system or even invest time in writing a whole course that your lead magnet or your free offer is speaking to a real pain that a client has, that you've done that basic Google search, and and it really is as fundamental as that, as a Google search to say, are people actually looking for what I'm selling? What kind of language are they using to search for when they're looking for the kinds of products and services that I'm selling? So that, again, sort of that really fundamental piece, sometimes that's missing and you're right. So then what happens when that fundamental piece is missing then the rest of the whole sequence doesn't work. You don't get the opt-ins. You don't get people buying. You don't get, um, you know, people calling you on the phone for a consultation. And then we can easily think, well, it's my tool that's not working or it's Mm, the content's not good or whatever it is. But 
because you've jumped so many steps ahead and haven't really nailed that first step. And, you know, it's interesting we're having this conversation because sometimes I don't know where we're going to go or what the challenge is, right? But really, this is about the first step. You've got to nail that first step and that will make everything else much easier as you go down the pipeline as well. Mm, that's that's really great advice. So uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about mentorship. So you've recently signed on about sorry, you've really recently signed on to be our um, business and sales mentor. And we're so thrilled to have you. Thank and you. that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast interview is to get to know you. Um, people like to do business with those that they know and trust. And so and it's important that we develop uh, an opportunity for people to get to know you within our community. And uh, you've been doing great things already for us. So I, I want to thank you for that. And I, I, you know, I'd love to know what your advice is around uh, the value of mentorship and how to uh, take that first step to have that into your business life. Mm -hmm. um, well, firstly, I mean, I think that mentorship is really, really critical. And when you asked me to be a mentor, I was thrilled, obviously, because I um, certainly respect uh, the work you're doing. And I know through working with you in the past that I've, I've had mentorship from people in your community as well. That has been really valuable for me. Um, so, you know, I, I think that mentorship is such a big part of our success apart from all of the learning and knowledge and sharing, I think it's the support piece that is so critical. Knowing that there's someone that you can really um, speak your truth to, really mm -hmm. say, you know what, things are challenging or I'm weak in this area or I don't know where to go for this. Um, you know, I think we all need that safe landing place. And sometimes in... In, sometimes even in a group setting that doesn't feel um, safe, you know, I mean, sometimes we don't have it at all, but sometimes in a group and, um, you know, even if we're collaborating with our peers, it can sometimes be a little um, confronting perhaps to really pull back that kimono and say, you know what, hey, my business isn't where it, it is at. And by the way, there's three other coaches that are kind of your support, but somewhat competitors as well. You know, look, I know people aren't saying, oh, I want you to do badly or anything like that. But but sometimes it does stop you from being completely vulnerable. For me, for me, it, it certainly does, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I really like having that one-on-one -on -one accountability, not so much accountability, but, but safe place to have those conversations. So that's the first thing. Um, you know, in terms of timing, when you should have this in your business, I think as soon as possible, um, you know, I think the earlier you can start... I feel like it's a bit of a muscle, right? Like I feel like it's a, um, a bit of a different way of operating that many people haven't had mentorship in the past. So mm -hmm. knowing there's that sounding board and someone to go to, um, I think it's something you need to get used to doing. And so I think the earlier you can have that, um, the better. And probably the last thing I would say is if you if you are early in your in your entrepreneurial or, or work career like it doesn't really matter where it is um 
certainly uh, hooking up with a, a community that has a mentorship program that can guide you on how best to leverage that. But maybe even just taking a baby step, maybe it's sort of saying to someone, you know, could, could we have a mentorship relationship for three months? just to sort of get to know each other. You know, I've got a specific project. I'd love your help on it. Um, you know, I don't really know right now, like where what I need in the future, but for this three months, you know, here's, here are three things I'd really love your help on. That may be a really good way for people to get start who started who are in the early stages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I think for, for women, it can be challenging because, you know, it's like, I always use the analogy of uh, having a cleaning service, right? So you, do you have a cleaning service and then you feel like you have to have the house completely cleaned uh, before you can, uh, before you actually uh, have that, that person over, right? So you got to do the straightening and, you know, oh, it's too messy or too cluttered to have anyone come over. So you might delay having that service uh, because you feel like you have to have all of your ducks in a row so that can certainly be a challenge yeah uh, and I, I've sometimes just to add to that Lee I've sometimes mm -hmm. had the challenge of I don't know really what I want help with you know it, yeah like I sometimes I just don't know sometimes things seem to be going along fine and I think well I'm not sure how a mentor could help me mm -hmm. so I think I think that's sort of another side of the coin of you know, and I think this is a question to you. Can you have a mentor if you don't really have a specific task in mind to have mentorship around? I'm not mm. quite sure. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I think a lot of times it could be uh, task related or it could be career related. Like it could be like, you know, I, I, this is the type of job I want to have next. How do I get there? Mm -hmm. Or it could be um, related to a soft skill. Uh, you know, I, I lack confidence and so I never speak in meetings or um, I'm afraid to get on a sales call because I don't believe that I'm competent enough. Yes. You know, those, those types of things. So I think mentorship can, can definitely uh, come from different angles based on what the, the challenges around, right? Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. for sure that can be... Uh, be an issue. Uh, it's always easier if you sort of know where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are, and then, you know, how those are showing up in the important tasks that you're doing to be able to move ahead with your business. Yeah. 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 Right. So, uh, so what do you, we've learned so many lessons in 20, uh, 2020, you know, one of the things that we're going to be bringing up at our next meeting, uh, tomorrow is, you know, what, what did we learn from 2020? What lessons can we, or things that we maybe started doing that we can bring, bring forward with us in 2021 and what didn't serve us well? So maybe you can answer those questions for, for, for yourself. I'm curious to know how that shows up for you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start this by sharing um, a book that I read many years ago, which was called Who Moved My Cheese? And I'm not sure whether you've read that or not, but no. in short, it's about a little mouse, two little mice, and, you know, one little mouse, like, gets the cheese that's right in front of him all the time. The other little mouse always goes, like, the long way around and different routes to go and get the cheese, right? You see where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons um, I've learned for myself and you know, seeing my clients in action with what happened this year. 
Um, I'm a, I have a pretty high risk-taking um, temperament as a general rule, regardless of whether we're in a pandemic or not. So I often go off and do things that other people... When you hear the Wisdom to Walk music, it's now time to speed up. People are not doing or, you know, like I'll kind of put myself out there in a a very non-perfect way. That kind of um, temperament and I would say skill set has served me very well in 2020 because I was able to pivot very quickly. And I tried different things and not everything worked or not everything stuck. But um, throughout that, um, you know, I was learning new skills all the time. Um, So for me, it was very much about, you know, I did have, it did have a big impact on my business because a lot of my clients are in the wedding industry and live events Mm. services. And so, of course, what happened with them was zero, you know, 100 to zero overnight, practically. Um, As you can imagine, with them not having business means they're not wanting to invest in high ticket coaching, um, you know, with with what I was doing. So, you know, my pivot strategy was literally going from, it wasn't that I didn't want to sell, but it's like, there was no point in trying to have a sales conversation with people at that point in time, right? Like, it was just falling on deaf ears. So I went into a very much of a um, giving and sharing and supporting mode and doing all sorts of things, you know, quickly getting groups up online, online, you know, having conversations just with my clients to say, hey, you know, what, what, what tips can I share with you that can help you through this? Um, so definitely, I definitely had to change my track a little bit there for a while and, and just sort of see, I I almost had to reassess the market for myself, right? Because what my market's needs were three months ago were no longer what they were when the pandemic started. So um, lesson one was you always need to be giving your clients what you need, what, what they want, not what you think they need, right? Mm -hmm. What do they want? What do they want? Um, The second thing Um, again, for myself and my clients is I use the time to really develop some different skill sets. Well, not develop different skill sets, but enhance some of my skill sets. So it's what I said at at the start, you know, a lot of my business was usually one-on-one, very, you know, high ticket, um, intensive, personalized services. I really had to shift that because again, people weren't spending that kind of money and they didn't need that sort of intense program. They needed some quick hits. So I really um, pivoted from my perspective to get some of my courses and programs up online in much smaller sound bites that people mentally could absorb mm-hmm. and financially could absorb. So hopefully that makes sense. And, you know, what I really saw is um, my clients, it's it's funny because, um, you know, the wedding industry is a very traditional industry. It's very live events based, you know, it's very emotion based. So in the early stages, I kind of challenged my clients to say, well, what can you do differently? You know, we're going to be in this, this was in March, we're going to be in this for a while. And 80% of them said, no, no, it'll be all fine. We'll be up and running in September. And I wasn't being a negative Nelly, but I said, I don't think we will be. So what would happen if we weren't up and running in September? Again, 80% of them went, 
talk to the hand. We're going to be up and running in September. I'm like, well, could you do anything online? No, no, we can't do this online. You know, like they were really resistant to the change. Um, the other 20% are like, hmm, yes, maybe we won't be up in September. So what else can we start adding into our business? How can we do some smaller weddings? Could there be some online things? What other skills do we have as these creative people? Um, you know, some of them, one client, she's doing like an online shop um, with all creative things she's made and like doing all, you know, sorts of things. Another client, she went into more coaching and consulting services, um, not only around business building, but like, you know, like, stationary preparation so so those people just started to pivot and said you know our business isn't going to look the same this year so what can we do so um you know learning those new skills being prepared to pivot and i think the final lesson learned for all of us and you know i i think you always a bit like this i'm always a bit like this we often hear like we need to focus and be super niched and all of those things and that's true to an extent, but I also feel you need a diversity of income streams. Mm. And, you know, so that might be some in-person business. It might be some online business. It might be some kind of investment strategy outside, you know, outside of your regular business. Um, or it could even be like a, a subset of your business somehow or, or a mini niche or uh, as I said you know some of my clients went from like they do a lot of design work in their wedding industry they, they were able to pivot that into you know a physical product or, or some other kind of service so I think that became very apparent that you need a I'm going to say a diverse portfolio it's just like the investment world you kind of need a diverse portfolio in your business revenue streams as well. So there's some of my lessons learned. Uh, that's pretty powerful advice. And I think it's something that I've certainly learned over the years as well. Uh, you know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket and, you know, you, you might have some really solid clients that love you and that's great, but eventually that, that uh, cycle sometimes ends and you have to have the, your backup, like you have to have, you you know, what, what I, if there's one lesson that I've learned is, you know, I was working with a lot of high level sponsors, corporate sponsors, which were incredible. And, you know, my, my whole thing was I wanted to do everything I could to give them the best possible experience. So that meant that I put sort of on the back burner, uh, creating those new, uh, leads and developing those into, you know, having more. Cause I thought, Oh, I can't, I can only handle so much business right? <laughs> and I want to do a great job with the clients that I have. So, uh, you know, and I've talked to other people over the years and they've all said the same thing that that can be, a, can be a bit dangerous. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you have to figure out how you're constantly looking at other opportunities to, and I like your idea of, of diversifying uh, your, some of your revenue, right? So. Yeah. And, and even to the extent, even on a, you know, like a smaller, simpler scale, um, the, you know, when, when, if I thought about diversity, I mean, I'm, I've talked about different business models. It's not, it's not that out of the realm of possibility to be, you know, doing one-on-one -on -one with people and have like one online course, right? Like most people could probably deliver something like that. It could even be as simple as, 
you know, I'm an Instagram, you know, like I love Instagram and I'm on Instagram all the time and that's where all of my followers are. And you've, we've seen it time and again with Instagram and Facebook, you know, they changed the algorithm and where you were getting like thousands of views, now you're getting 10 views. I mean, that was happening just a couple of weeks ago. It's like, oh, you know, put out the launch and like 15 people are seeing my post, right? Um, so things are always changing there. So even there, like, you know, you've got your social media platforms, but you also have email as a platform. So don't, don't kind of lose sight of a like, well, I don't need my email. Yes, you do. And that, and mm -hmm. that's diversifying um, your touch points with people. And that's kind of what you've just described there at a, at a different scale, but your touch points with your existing clients. And then what are your touch points here with other clients and whether you can work with people or not right now is irrelevant being visible and spending time and taking that time to have that phone call is really important because when things go south, you know, you don't, people don't suddenly want, you know, Natasha or Lee calling them. It's like, Oh, you know, I haven't spoken to you for like six years, but Hey, I need some business now. Let's talk. Right. Like it just doesn't fly with people, you know, it just, it just doesn't work. So. That's a good point. So you have to nurture those relationships uh, throughout, like not just waiting until you need something from someone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it kind of ties around to the mentorship, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think that's why mentorship, it's a, it's a great nurturing way. And it's a great way to give back. And it's a great way to add value, you know, like, um, me being part of your um, community, allows me to share my knowledge with other people, whether the people I'm mentoring work with me or not is irrelevant, but they certainly will know me. And I will certainly be top of mind when they are talking to other people or talking about their experience. So I think that, I mean, you're great at this, Lee, you're so generous with charities and all of those, you know, give backs. That giving back is very important up front because down the track when you when you do need something people are going to be willing to sort of share back and give back that love or business back to you yeah for sure and I mean I always talk about the concept of micro giving right it doesn't mean that you have to like donate tons of money or tons of time it's like you know what on a, a small scale you know even it could be something like what am I already doing that could you know, benefit someone in a way that isn't going to, you know, take up all of my time and energy. Yeah. That's you know, right. so there's, there's different ways of approaching it, but it is very important. Uh, you know, I, I remember a few years ago doing the social for good conference and I was talking about, you know, social impact and, and how we all have to, uh, make sure that we're, you know, mission-based because that's what our customers, especially this, this up and coming generation of business uh, consumers is, is looking for is that you care about the world. You care about the people in the world. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it was funny. I, I came across some generally older people that were, you know, used to the eighties and the hardcore capitalism. And they was like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm a business. I'm not a charity or I'm not a not-for-profit. And I'm like, no, it's not about being a not-for-profit or a charity. It's about, you know, what footprint are you leaving? What, you know, what is your, um, your give back? What is your legacy going to be? Because those are the things that, um, you know, your consumers are going to want to know because consumers, 
tend to want to work with companies that they can see that they're doing good in the world. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to get more business if you think about, you know, the impact of your work. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I think, it, and it's not about, oh, I'm only doing this because, you know, be, it's kind of mm-hmm. what, I don't know, you know, charity without gender or something like that. You know, it, you know, it's not about, well, I'm only doing this because I'm going to get something back. It's, it's exactly sort of just um, organic that it happens. It's like, you know what? I love actually teaching and working with people. I'm, I love sharing my knowledge. Um, I love seeing it when people, you know, get great results. And I don't expect anything back, but I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's just, you know, the karma and the energy of the world. That's what happens, right? When you're out there doing good and doing the right thing. And that can be really challenging in, in the environment that we've had this year in particular. Um, it, it can be easy to sometimes slip into the every man for himself or every woman for themselves kind of mentality. And when you see other people not actually behaving the way that you would hope they would or respectfully or with consideration of other people, sometimes it can be easy to think, well, well, why should I be doing that? But, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the real entrepreneurs and the real leaders of the world will step up and say, you know what, it doesn't really matter what everyone else is doing this is the role I'm going to play. And this exactly the legacy. This is how I want to be shown show up. And this is how I want to be remembered at the end of this, right? I don't want to be remembered for the greedy, selfish person that like, didn't help. And it was interesting, because a few of my clients, I'm like, hey, should we just jump jump on the phone? And like, let me chat with you about what's happening. And they're like, well, Natasha, I can't buy anything right now. I'm like, this is not a sales <laughs> conversation. <laughs> I just want to check in on how you're doing. And if I enough, I can share some nuggets with you. That's what I want to do. And they did get on the phone and they kind of couldn't believe that I was having that conversation without a sales agenda. I'm like, you know, that, that's not what this is about, right? This is about helping each other out during this time. Because if I can help you through this time, your business is going to be sustained and yeah. in the longer term you're going to be a client. But if, you, if yeah. I can't help you sustain your business right now, we're both missing out. Yeah, that's a lot of lessons learned, frankly. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, the thing is, is that like, as, as we, as we grow and evolve and we go through challenging times, and that's something that, uh, you know, part of my, my purpose and my mission for Women in Biz Network is to make sure that uh, as professional women and entrepreneurial women, that we have an outlet to share, honestly, some of our mental health challenges. Yes. And so during, you know, the hard days of the pandemic, you know, I hosted and was also posting a lot of advice around how to maintain your sanity Mm -hmm. throughout these times because women were uh, having, you know, crazy role exhaustion Mm -hmm. and they were stressed out. They were, you know, juggling a lot of um, balls in the air and they were really stressed out and, you know, stress can lead to um, other challenges, burnout, and then depression and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, for, for me, um, I feel that it's really important that you sort of focus in on that one pain point of something that maybe you've experienced in your life and be willing to share that with the world. So for me, like I've been very honest about my mental health and, you know, so someone reaches out to me and, and says like, I'm, you know, I'm really struggling. You know, I may not have all the answers, but I have, you know, lots of resources that I can at least refer you to. 
yeah. uh, and see if there's a way that, that I can help you. Because um, like you said, you know, you, you want your community to be strong and for many reasons, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so. And, and, you know, on, on that note, sort of, I guess the last, you know, maybe not the last, but, you know, one of the last things that I think is really important, and I think it's very important right now at this time of year, typically at this time of year, people start going to strategy planning sessions, et cetera, for the following year. And I, 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 I monitor a lot of trends in the business world to see what's happening, what kind of emails are coming out from the gurus, et cetera. And um, whilst I don't want to discourage anyone from planning or doing the planning for 2021, I think it is important. But I do think it's very important at this time of year to take a break, take a rest mm. and regroup and you know, all of this, are uh, you making money while you sleep and keep your business online over Christmas? It, you know, there, there's a there's a part of that that is not true, right? There's a part of it that's true. And there's a part of it that's not true. Well, your business is generating any kind of leads, you can do all the automation in the back end. At some point, you're going to have to get on a call with someone or you're going to have to deliver something to them. And if you don't already have all of that automated system in place, then that whole money making while you sleep, it, it really doesn't exist. And, you know, don't want to burst anyone's bubble here because, you know, ultimately that's what I would want people to develop in their business. But I think it's extremely, extremely important. I know for myself, I love traveling. I usually take many holidays during the year and, um, and it's not about making money while you sleep. That's just what I choose to do. And I haven't done that this year. And as a result of that, I just kind of keep filling my days with some work, you know, and filling my days with a new project. And I, I know for myself, you know, in a complete vulnerable share, I'm feeling tired right now. You know, I'm wrapping up my client work at the end of next week. And I am taking two, even three weeks off over that holiday period to not work, mm. you know, mm -hmm. to actually not work. And I think from a self-care and a mindset piece, and again, particularly for women who've had children at school, um, managing jobs, maybe their business is going under, maybe they've lost their jobs, so many things, you know, maybe they're stressed about an older parent in a nursing care facility, so much like mental clutter and responsibility that, I think it's very, very important. And this is not just so like, let's do some self-care. This is a genuine, take a break, turn off your computer, stop with the social media posting every minute of your life and just take a little reset. And you have my permission to do that. Well, that seems like a good uh, start, uh, a good point to end on. So uh, I, I think that you've, you've left us with some fabulous nuggets here. And I know I'll be taking a bit of a break over the holidays as well, because, you know, we're, we're all working hard. I think everyone can say, even if you're working from home, uh, you know, everyone is, is doing their extra bit to, uh, you know, to keep maintaining business, but also to help others on their teams. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're all putting ourselves out there a lot. Uh, you know, things aren't slowing down because of the pandemic. I think they're actually um, busier. That's what I'm hearing. So I think um, having a little bit of a break will help you so that you can, uh, you know, they say sometimes you have to 
slow down to uh, ramp up. So uh, that's that's an important uh, nugget for sure. Any parting words and and how can people find you? Yeah, um, my parting words are, you know, complexity kills keep things simple. If you're really stuck and procrastinating on something, I recommend you go back to the drawing board and say, how can I make this simpler? That's my parting word. Mm. Um, and if people want to find me, they can um, find me on my website, inspireanddrive.com. Um, or you can send me a DM on Instagram. I'm also there at Inspire and Drive. You, well, I have to say, I have to give you a shout out for your Instagram because uh, you really helped me. I it, I should say, Natasha, you've been a mentor to me. I, I know you've always been there for me. I've had, I know I've come to you in tears. I've come to you and I'm not sure what to do. Uh, I've, I've come to you in times of things are great. And, uh, you know, how, how do I manage this growth? So uh, I, you've been an incredible mentor to me and friend. And uh, I, I've, and also uh, an Instagram mentor. <laughs> the stuff that you're doing on Instagram is is incredible, and it's helped me to up my game because I can see what you're getting out of it. And uh, you know, I was I wasn't really using it at all, uh, even like six months ago. And and I've slowly be challenging myself to uh, to take a to take a step up on on uh, building my skills on that platform. And I think it's certainly working out. So thank you for for inspiring me, inspiring uh, your your members of your community and of Women in Biz. Oh, thanks thank so much. You, Lee. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the podcast today.